0: ...plus AMF from stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. We are going to make a call to our... Welcome
1: to Verizon Wireless. Verizon Wireless. ...has calling restrictions that have prevented the completion of your call. Of course,
0: it's got uh, preventive restrictions... So, we must call them on our deal here. We're going to see if we can pull up our guest, Susan Shaver. Hello. Hey, Susan. It's James Lowe with KJ Radio. How are you today?
1: Hey there. How are you? Long
0: time <laughs> to <talk>. Well, uh,. <laughs> I, I wanted to get Sean today. We were I was talking to the great Irwin Zucker earlier today, and uh, he oh, is he I think is he's oversold me. Oh, he 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 oversells everybody, including me, and Good. he does that when I'm on the phone okay. with him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> disappointment is now
0: but, uh, <laughs> but we've got Susan Shaver with us today. She's the author of Surviving Paradise. She guested with us several weeks ago, received rave reviews from our listeners, and we've got her back today here in our broadcast. and uh, this time we're talking sports with Susan, who's been called by many the nation's number one female sports fan and authority. Now how did you, how exactly did you how, how did you rate your fame?
1: Oh, I think that's overblown. Now I am a sports fan. I, I am a sports fanatic. I mean, sometimes people think it's a little freakish, but I also find that I do find other people and other women that are big sports fans. So you know, it's it's not quite the rarity that it used to be.
0: Well, I'll tell you, when I was talking with Irwin earlier today, he made some comment to me about the fact that you are such a sports fan and that you, you, you are you are into sports so much that you need to write a book on how to get women interested in sports. And I said, <laughs> I well, I will mention that to her when we're on the air. So I've, I've, I've mentioned well, it to I will you Well, I will <laughs> call it.
1: You know, I did a sports and pop culture blog for two years, at my website, so I have about two thousand posts where I did, you know, write about sporting events and that sort of thing. And I have considered at some point I'd, I'd have to have help because I'm not computer savvy enough. But I'd have to have some help capturing them, and then maybe writing a forward about what made me get interested in doing that because it's a passion. And um, you know, calling it musings of an amateur sports blogger or something Same, like that. There that, you go. That's kind of twirled around in my mind.
0: Had that circulating. <laughs> well, look at that. We've we've already put the groundwork in right here. See. There you go. There you go. That's, that's right. we're putting the bricks down. Yep, yep, That's yep. right. Now, 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 Susan. Uh, I know that that it seemed like back in the day there was a lot of folks that they weren't into sports. They didn't understand sports. But now women are are gravitating towards this, and you see it in the marketing on commercials and uh, things during games. Uh, you, you, oh, absolutely! So, h- how did we get to this point, Susan?
1: Well, I think it's probably a kind of along with all different types of, of you know jobs and careers and that sort of thing, where women have wanted to be a part of it, and um, you know, just look at the different. Um, women that we have just on ESPN alone. You know, you've got Michelle Beadle, Erin Andrews, uh, Michelle Tapoya, you know, just the various ones, uh, Kendry, you know, all the ladies who do some type of commentating or they have their own shows, but still with most of the team sports, you know, particularly, say, like football, basketball, that sort of thing, I think you find that men do the commentating and they have the woman who's sort of the sideline reporter. You know, that interviews the coach at oh, halftime, yeah. Oh, yeah. after the game, the player, that sort of thing. But there is a huge presence of, of women as far as working in sports, um, commentating on, on all the networks, Fox Sports, ESPN, NBC, ABC. They're there.
0: We've got a, a great guest with us today. Susan Shaver joins us here on our broadcast. And uh, now you were talking a little bit about this sports blog that, that you wrote for, uh, for a while. Tell, tell us a little bit about this.
1: Yeah, I, those sport. it's called Sports Pop Culture. My website is um, www.survivingparadise.biz. Yes. And it's kind of in small print. You can't really see it, but it's kind of it sort of snuck it in there. It's Sports Pop Culture and Surviving Paradise, because sports and pop culture are two of my passions. And so for a couple of years, I, I had one rule sponsor, this nice sports bar, and he advertised at my site. And I just I enjoyed it, you know, because I loved writing about the different sporting events that I was particularly interested in at the time or had watched, or maybe a movie or a TV show. I probably have about 2,000 posts, but I stopped doing it um, probably about a year and a half ago. I really wanted to focus on getting a screenplay that was adapted from my book and trying to pitch and market the, the book and, and the adapted screenplay.
0: Now, uh, getting in, involved in the in the world of sports, we've got uh, Susan Shaver with us today. And what was funny was uh, that th- th- there's there's another female author that Irwin has booked on on the next on our next program. And uh, he was telling uh-huh. me he was telling me today. He goes, "Oh, I've got two wild women for you today." <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like oh what? God. I've seen the emails. I did. Unless Susan has drastically changed since I talked to her last, I think we're going to be I fine. Know. Uh, <laughs> no,
1: I, I know. See, that's what
0: I said. He overfilled.
1: I, I, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here watching tennis right now. We've got the doll. You know, this is the day in Miami when all the fourth-round men play. We do have my beloved Mr. Fetter up next. But other than
0: that, I am very chill. <laughs> <laughs> well, that 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 that's another thing. Let's talk about Roger Federer and uh,
1: and and, and everything. everything. I never want
0: to not talk about him <laughs> <again>. <laughs> ha, Give 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 me your thoughts on 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 this athlete and everything else.
1: Isn't it remarkable what he's done this year so far? Yes. I mean, Last year, you know, 35, father of four, turns 36 later this year, has the freak knee injury last year and after the Australian Open, running the bath for the twin daughters, and, you know, has kind of a really tough, sketchy year and ends up taking six months off. And of course, you know they do call Fed fans the greatest traveling fan base in all of sports. The Fed,
0: <laughs> that's and, awesome.
1: <laughs> and I am a member. I only get points. <laughs> <job and
0: that's laughs>
1: but you know, to come back and win the Australian Open like that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fully admit to this. I'm gonna cop to it. I cried. I, I got up at 3 a.m. here on the East Coast every time that Federer played and I got up and I watched that final and I was all prepared. I fully intended to get up and do the happy dance and I couldn't do anything, but just cover my mouth and, and sob. I, I was so happy for him, you know? And then of course they had the disappointment in Dubai and then at Indian Wells, which where I was and I did get to see him. Was so wonderful. I mean, the way he beat Nadal. I mean, that's the kind of ticket you write the score on the back and you save to your grandchildren. I mean, that was just surgical. And um, and I think when you talk about as Erwin was wanting me to talk about about sports and fandom and that yes, sort of thing. Yes. Yes. I don't play. I don't play tennis. I know how to play tennis. I have played tennis. To me, it's fun, recreational. I'm not a part of these many very competitive leagues and that sort of thing. But there's something about being in that crowd where you have so many Fedder fans. You, you you get this feeling of such camaraderie and excitement. And, you know, it's sort of like the, the Final Four with the one shining moment. During that time, you're just on a great high. And, hey, I thought I was a Fed fan. And I had this guy sitting beside me who told me he traveled all over the world to watch Fedder. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well... I lose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: <laughs> I concede although we did both we did both admit that after the Second set, the Federer T V Johnson match. When we found out he was going to play dollar on Wednesday, and it was going to be a day session, that we both did sprint to the box office to get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did concede that yes, I did that as well. <laughs> now,
0: now, uh, what attracts you to the game of tennis? You're, you you can tell that you're very passionate about it and everything. Uh, give, give us give us some details on this.
1: Well, I, I grew up um with in a home where people played tennis and um you know when I, and like I said I played for fun. My sister was actually very good. My younger sister, she was ranked on the junior ladder in in Georgia. And I would play her and she would beat me, but it was okay. Um you know, we'd have some tough matches, but it was okay. Like I said, I'm not real competitive individually. Um, so I kind of grew up watching it, and I, I had a thing for Bjorn Borg. He was, I liked Borg, and I liked the Borg McEnroe contrast. Um, and then I, I got really all aboard the Fed Express. Um, of course, he and the doll have such contrasting styles, and that's part of the intrigue of that rivalry. Um, they're, they're such great friends and have such respect for each other, you know, that it's, it's almost. It's hard to call them rivals. You know, Nadal cried when Federer actually finally won the French Open back in 2009. That's that's how happy he was for it. But, um, you know, Federer is just... There's a really interesting article. He's on the cover of GQ. And, and of course, I picked it up. And um, I just read it yesterday. And... um, he, he's an interesting he's really interesting he's kind of dorky you know which is kind of okay because I'm kind of dorky too um, he loves movies which I think is great because I love movies I mean you can give me wine you can give me anything else that's all fine and good but there's nothing that makes me feel better than going to a movie and he loves movies and um, it's an interesting article talking about him but he. He has a tremendous amount of class, I think, and character and integrity, and he he's been such a great ambassador for the sport and truly loves it so much. And you know, he hasn't been named the uh, the the Stefan Edberg Sportsman of the Year by his fellow players twelve years in a row for for no reason. So it shows <laughs> how highly respected he is by his peers.
0: Well, uh, before we let you go, Susan, uh, promote the website and where we can pick your books up and everything else. Yeah, sure. It's again,
1: it's uh, www.survivingparadise.biz, dot biz, and there is a direct link to Amazon. I have a paperback for nine ninety nine. Kindle edition is four ninety nine. Um, also doing a FlipCloud book promotion. If you go to